Welcome back to Start Kyle Orton. I'm Travis. With me, as always, is Kyle. Last week, we went over Caleb Williams, and my god, a lot of you tuned in to listen to us talk about Caleb Williams, including Kyle. I haven't told you this yet. Uh, Several people who bookmarked this next episode from the East Coast, specifically Washington, D.C. So, so hello, Washington football professionals uh, fans. It seems like you want to hear about these two quarterbacks as well, which I understand. Uh, and more, more importantly, I guess, hello to the Bears fans. Uh, it's so, time to talk about Drake May this week, isn't it, Kyle? Yeah. So, folks, also, um, I, I have heard you loud and clear. I, I have messed with the settings on my microphone. I have dialed this uh, gain down as far as I think I can. Um, so hopefully I am not just exploding into your ears today. We're working on it. We are... We are not tech people. Um, yeah. Well, Travis is more than I am, but neither neither of us is is what you would call a professional. I mean, the issue fun, so. the issue on my end is like you know you've been exploding into my ears since yeah uh, I mean you're since the used, seventh grade I'm used you're to just this. used to me screaming incoherently. So That's this is just right. Normal. This, you're just you you listen and you're like this is just normal Kyle conversation. So. This is what Kyle sounds like in person, folks. Yeah. So I, I know what you want. <laughs> so anyway. So yeah, we're going to start with Drake May. And so I have had a journey with Drake May, kind of similar but opposite to Caleb Williams. So I liked them both last year when I was just watching them. I watched Caleb Williams. I thought, wow, that kid's special. I watched Drake May. I thought, wow, that kid's special. And then I started seriously looking at them this fall when it was already starting to look like, eh, that Panthers pick might be top two. And Justin Fields might not be the guy I want at quarterback next year. So I started looking at them seriously. And like I said with Caleb Williams, the first thing that really popped out in a bad way was that time to throw being so high. Um, and, and with that having been a big problem with Justin's, I spent a lot of time looking into that. And so initially I was kind of scared off by Caleb Williams. But then Drake May was a guy who in a lot of ways overall, and I, and I still think We'll get into this in just a short bit. If you look at every single category that I track, and you want to talk about a guy who has basically no glaring red flags in any of them, it's kind of Drake May. And so we'll talk a little bit about floor. I, my initial thought was he has the. I think he has the highest floor of any of these quarterbacks, and I'm not sure with all the work that we've done on Caleb Williams and everything we went into last week. I'm not sure if that's actually true because I think Caleb's floor is a lot higher than I initially thought it was. Um, but I still think Drake, we'll go into this in here in just a second, phenomenally high floor, really not anything that stands out as like a super, super bad weakness or red flag. And Caleb does, does have a couple of those. I mean, we've contextualized the time to throw. Um, and I feel confident that it is not the bad kind of high time to throw like Justin Fields. It is the good kind of high time to throw like a Kyler Murray or like a Lamar Jackson. But it's still up there. And if we're wrong, it's going to be disastrous. I think we can agree there. True. Um, And with Caleb Williams also, I mean, the one red flag that I can't contextualize in any way is that guy fumbles a fucking lot. He's got to work on that. Um. But you don't have any of those sticking out with Drake. Now, there are a couple things he's he's less good at than others, and we'll get into that. Um, but if you want to just talk about the most well-rounded, I think, can do a little bit of everything, 
has elite tools as well, elite size. Uh, you want to talk about the guy that I think I probably still have the highest confidence interval. Is that how? I don't, I'm not, the, the most confidence in that I think there's a good quarterback here is probably still Drake May. Highest um, I think there's more interval. You've been you've been watching those uh, SB Nation videos. I think there's I think there's <laughs> more confidence in Caleb Williams that there is a great quarterback there, but I, I I do think there's a couple outcomes where Caleb Williams just can't get out of his own way. Drake May is a guy that I think the ranges from you know a guy like Carson Wentz who was a good starter before he tore his ACL and was a good starter before he got paid. Um, so, you know, I, I think if your worst case scenario is Carson Wentz and, and he doesn't tear his ACL um, and you have him on a rookie contract, that's still a really good deal there for four or five years. Um, and I think the best case scenario, and we'll get into why I think that too, is a guy like Josh Allen, who uh, is obviously just a stratospheric talent. So, um so, I, but but there are. While I dug into these things to to make myself feel a little better about Caleb, I did find a couple things with Drake that made me feel slightly, and I'm and I'm going to emphasize slightly worse about him. So we'll go into what Drake May does well, what he does, what he does not so well. Uh, do you want me to start with just like my favorite freaking thing about Drake May? I was I was gonna ask. Do you want to like do uh, do good, bad, good, bad? Um, because I'm kind of I'm kind of with you. I mean, if if the folks uh, who have been with us this entire season, um, they're probably thinking, well, this is the episode where they say they like Drake May most of all, right? Because we've been talking about Drake quite a bit about how we think we like Drake more than Caleb Williams. Um, and yeah, after having watched way too much Caleb Williams and now having gone back over and repeatedly watched Drake May. I've kind of flipped again. I'm kind of, I, I kind of have Drake as the solid number two quarterback in this draft. I still, like you said, I think very good. In a lot of years, he would be the number one quarterback. But I almost think I, you're underselling that he has a couple issues. He has some things that have submarined quarterbacks before. Some guys can get through it. Some guys don't. Well. I don't want to do good, bad, good, bad, because I honestly, I still think, um, and we'll go into this, because you like the key point you just said is he is still solidly QB2. Yep. Um, and I think, for whatever reason, you can't find, and I, I think I'm getting a little conspiratorial here, um, you can't find anybody right now, any of the media scouts to say anything, a, a, a single kind word about Drake May. Yeah. Everyone's talking up Jaden Daniels. Everyone's talking up J.J. McCarthy. And what that reminds me of is last year, when this time of year, it was Will Levis who was going to go potentially number one overall. Heck, up until the day of the draft, he was still ahead of C.J. Stroud on Mel Kuyper's big board. Yeah. Um, and you couldn't find anybody to say a nice thing about C.J. Stroud. Couldn't find anything. The Texans, we, we heard repeatedly, like, the Texans were locked in on Bryce Young, and if Bryce Young was gone, they were going to trade down or they were going to take Will Anderson. They were not taking C.J. Stroud. They didn't think he was a great quarterback. I mean, everything you heard was... I mean, you can go back to mock drafts the day before the draft last year and find C.J. Stroud mocked as low as 7 to the Raiders. And then we find out after the fact that, you know, were it not for David Tepper overreacting to uh, one of our longtime listeners, Ruby, deemed them the digital calipers, and I still love that expression, 
of that S2 bullshit, he would have been the first overall pick. And then you find out four different teams, you know, the Raiders have leaked that, like, oh, CJ Stroud was number one on our board. We were going to take him if he was there. So, and you know, several teams have said that. So I think the same thing's going on with Drake May. Um, I think it's, I think it's fine to have him as a clear quarterback too. I do think there are reasons to be, to think that, that Caleb Williams for sure has the higher upside probably. Um, but I think if you don't see as large of a gap between Drake and whoever your quarterback three is in this draft, as you do between Drake and Caleb, or at least a bigger one, because for me, it's, it's at this point, it's Caleb and, and a very small gap, Drake, and then a very large gap. Yeah. And I'm still not, I still haven't quite decided where I'm at on QB three. Um, so that should be fun next week as we start to get into those candidates. But so I don't want to do good, bad, good, bad, because I think that's playing into this narrative right now that like there is just as much bad about Drake May as there is good. And I want to be honest with you guys, as far as quarterback prospects go, like Drake May is very clean. Like, does he have potential flaws? Yes. Are they things like you said that have sunk guys before? Absolutely. But I mean, that is literally every quarterback prospect because I can turn around and say Caleb Williams, the high time to throw has sunk Justin Fields. The the fumbles were, that wasn't the main reason that Marcus Mariota failed, but it was a big part of the problem with Marcus Mariota. So I think, like, yeah, Drake is not flawless. I get why some people are looking at him up close and they, they think maybe he's been a little overrated, but I think people are, they struggle so badly at keeping perspective on these kind of things. All of these guys comes with question marks. All of them do. Yeah. Um, to me, Drake May, like I said, we'll get into it. I think he's Josh. To me, he looks a lot like Josh Allen, and I think the flaws that he has are similar to the flaws Josh Allen had at Wyoming. But I think he is a Josh Allen who is already like 70% of the way there. And I think Josh Allen at this point was maybe 40% of the way there. So he is a Josh Allen who I think is farther along on the Josh Allen track than Josh Allen even was. Um, and I think you have to, have to keep in perspective that he is 20 years old, uh, which is, you do have to keep that in perspective because the, the, a lot of the other guys that you're talking about maybe look a little more polished, a little more refined mechanically are 23, 24 in this draft. You know, if if you see what Drake May has done through two years at UNC and you honestly think that if he stayed in college for four more years, like Penix or like Jaden Daniels or Bo Nix, he wouldn't look a lot better by the time it's all said and done, I think you're insane. Um, so, yeah, I don't want to do good, bad, good, bad, because I don't want to present Drake May as this 50-50 bet. Um, but, yeah, we'll talk about... Let me talk about his my favorite thing about him. Go for it. And then we can talk about the most concerning thing about him, and then we'll just kind of do a nice little mix of the rest. Well, it'll be a gradient. It'll be a gradient on Drake May. So the number one stat that I love about Drake May... Um, so if you guys know anything about my bias when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks, because everybody's got their bias, I will admit that the first thing that I want to see a guy do is be aggressive at pushing the ball downfield. I, and we'll get into this especially next week with Jaden Daniels because it is I, – I am – have always felt this, but now have the data to really back it up. I am very, very confident that it is far easier to tame a guy who's maybe a little too aggressive, like a Josh Allen or Jordan Love 
or a Lamar Jackson than it, or an Anthony Richardson, just to name a guy who hasn't already succeeded, um, than it is to teach a guy to, to, to get more out of a guy who is naturally too conservative, like a Bryce Young or a Mac Jones or a Daniel Jones. Um, so Drake May, there are just three quarterbacks since 2015 who had an average depth of target of 10.5 yards or greater. So his average pass traveled at least 10.5 air yards. He was not taking a lot of underneath throws. That also had an adjusted completion percentage greater than 75%. So even though he was one of the most, one of the consistently deepest passers since 2014, I have 114 quarterbacks in this database, just three guys were through that deep that often in college and and completed greater than 75 had an adjusted completion percentage anyways better than 75%. That is outstanding deep accuracy. Now those three guys were Drake May, Kyler Murray, and Justin Fields. So, if the first thing you're hearing is so if you hear Justin Fields there and you're like, "Well, look what that did for Justin." I hear you, and here's why I'm a lot more I think this stat is a lot more telling for Drake than it is for Justin Fields because Drake had a career time to throw of just 2.84 seconds, which is solidly average, especially, and it's actually below average uh, in a good way for guys who throw that. Usually guys who throw that deep tend to be north of three seconds on average, and he was well under. So Kyler was 3.02 seconds in college. Justin was 3.14 or 3.16 seconds, I believe, in college. So Justin Fields, I mean, you can go back and watch Justin Fields at Ohio State. He was camping behind a very good Ohio State offensive line, and he was throwing to, I think, three guys who ended up being first-round picks, right? And Garrett Wilson, uh, Chris Olave, and Jackson Smith. Yeah, Jack didn't have that much crossover with Jackson Smith and Jigba, but he was there for a bit but one of the best wide receiver groups we've ever seen regardless um and he was camping out behind a very good offensive line waiting for a guy to come up and before he threw it drake is not i can tell you one thing he's not camping behind a very good offensive line at unc um but he is still attacking downfield aggressively and quickly and he's hitting those windows and despite how aggressive he is downfield his turnover worthy play rate is the fifth lowest of any quarterback out of those 115. So he's really not, even though, and, and Travis, I'm sure, is going to bring this up. It sure, Every now and then he does have a bozo, just a complete bozo throw. No doubt about it. But the the actual rate at which he puts the ball in harm's way, um, not that high. Very, very low, actually, despite the aggression effort. So that blend, that is like one of the first things I usually look for in a quarterback, is that blend of deep aggressiveness, deep accuracy, timing um and yet man and yet not being completely reckless with the football that's a very good trait and that's my favorite thing about drake may bar none yeah i mean he is excellent um like his accuracy usually is very good we we teased this a little bit last week um one of the things you notice about caleb is when he misses he just misses you know, like he, he throws at a guy and it's like, whoop, that's three yards to the right and it hit somebody's feet. You know, like, oh, that was a bad pass. Um, with Drake, when he misses, uh, I mean, it's always like right in the area of that receiver. 
um, because he's so on target almost all of the time. Um, just like his accuracy, I think, is the first thing that jumps out at you. And he's definitely, definitely comes across as aggressive, uh, pushing the ball down the field. Um, not, uh, the one thing I mentioned last week, I guess, was when you have two guys and one of them misses to a place where nobody could catch the ball, and the other guy tends to miss short by a little bit, that pass can get into some serious trouble. Um, and I, we talked about this. We talked about this this week. That turnover-worthy play number seems so incorrect to me after watching this much North Carolina this season. Uh, or I just, like, every game, he's got two or three passes where I'm like, that is a turnover-worthy play. Well, like, that baby should have been going the other way. So- he has the fourth highest big time throw rate. Of Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I mean so the I accuracy to like pile it in between two guys. So that's that's what I think it is. I mean, I I think a big the thing the whole thing about a big time throw is that it's a very difficult pass. Sure. And most difficult passes are because there if you miss, it's you know, most big time throws are between two defenders. Or, you know, deep downfield, right, with very little room, with very little window. Of course, so I think when you, there's a lot of, oh, God. Oh, God, don't throw, don't, don't, oh, wow, okay, look at that. Throws on his thing. But I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. Because he has been successful. And this is not, I mean, this is a guy with almost a thousand career dropbacks, too. So, like, I think if he was taking unnecessary risks and if he was pushing the ball into bad windows and just getting away with it if he was just having puck luck. Um, I think of over a thousand dropbacks that would start to show up a little more, but it's not. I think he pe- what people think really looks like a guy who is getting away with it is a guy who just knows what he can get away with and is already used to throwing. I think that's one of the best things about it. He's already used to NFL windows. This is not a guy like Justin Fields who needs to see a dude and, or Jaden Daniels, who we'll talk about next week, who needs to see a yard of separation before he'll even think about throwing it. So I think that's a positive on his end. I understand it doesn't, it feels like the turnover the play rate should be higher, but to me on over a thousand dropbacks, the fact that it's not should tell you he's, he's not as reckless as it sometimes looks like he is just willing. He's trusting in his arm and he's willing to hit that, to hit the, to hit that tiny window. Cause he knows he can. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is, um, I know Drake May's biggest weakness to me, uh, which doesn't really have anything to do with how he throws the ball from the pocket. He really can hit tight windows when he's in the pocket, when he's clean, um, like he's he's on, absolutely. His biggest weakness, uh, from what I've observed, I don't know if you've got a number for this thing, when he scrambles outside the pocket, he's a god. Uh, if he throws the ball on the run, moving to his right or moving to his left, I it, it's the most accurate ridiculous pass in the world and that's what reminds me most of josh allen is this dude is just running as fast as he can towards the sideline flicks his wrist it goes 40 yards downfield right into the bucket just absolutely unconscionable plays however if he's pressured in the pocket he always throws the ball he steps up whips it as he gets hit and because of his mechanics and because of the way he sets his feet to throw the ball these passes are always bad always ducks uh and like the sheer volume 
of these, sometimes they land in places where nobody could pick them off. And that's why I'm thinking maybe those don't count as turnover worthy because the ball just harmlessly floats away because there's no defender there. But man, the number of passes against Clemson and Miami where he got drilled and threw the ball on a pass that he should not have thrown, on a ball that should have been intercepted, uh, it was it was a lot. And that freaked me out because that's also part of the Josh Allen experience, right? Is those boneheaded plays, those I can do it, whatever. I got balls for brains, I'm going to go for it. And that's where you get in trouble. It's where Josh well, Allen yeah, has gotten in trouble. But I mean, like, are we going to are we going to try to argue that even if he has Josh Allen bozo brain, is that a bad outcome for a guy like this? If he if, also has the Josh Allen explosives, right? Because if I mean, you the get every part of Josh Allen, similar, yeah, yeah. If you get the whole package of Josh Allen, Josh Allen's great. Obviously, Josh Allen's the second best quarterback of the NFL right now. If you take away some of the other parts. That becomes a huge liability. That guy goes from Josh Allen to a, a turnover machine, essentially, yeah, I, very quickly. I agree with that. I just, I don't see any reason to believe that he is somehow, like, because he does have these, the few Josh Allen flaws. But he also has all of the Josh Allen strengths. I mean, the arm talent is up there. The mobility is up there. The size is up there. But And at the same time, he is considerably better in basically every category already than Josh Allen was at this same stage in his career in college. So I don't, like, I mean, yes, obviously, if you're betting on the Josh Allen upside and you miss, you're going to get a bust. I just don't know any reason to think, I mean, we're talking about percentages and probabilities. I have no reason, to me, it is crazy that we are looking about at a guy who's like, yeah, he's got the Josh Allen flaws, but he's got all the Josh Allen strengths. He's only 20 years old. He's already more experienced than Josh Allen was at this same age, but is still the same age. Um, and he's he's further ahead in every way. Like to, it is insane to me that you would look at that guy and you would anyone would try to talk themselves out of him being the number two overall pick. That's if you gamble on that guy with that upside a hundred percent of the time. And if it was this was a draft where Caleb Williams didn't exist, he should be the number one overall pick without question out yeah. of this group. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm sounding more tepid here because we've talked about Drake May a lot this season, right? And we've kind of hyped him up a lot. I am not trying to drag Drake back like, oh, yeah. you don't want to draft this guy. You want to draft this guy. Like, in most drafts, in all but the, the Andrew Luck, the Trevor Lawrence, the Cam Newton, the Joe Burrow uh, draft, and this one with Caleb Williams at the top, I think this is your number one quarterback. So that's like, he's like the sixth best quarterback prospect I've seen, you know? Uh, because I didn't, I didn't at the time know that Josh Allen could actually become Josh Allen. Um, so what I'm trying to drag him back to here, uh, which probably the listeners would not get, is like, get him out of that tier. Let's put him in kind of the Justin Herbert tier of prospect, where it's like, this guy's got all the talent in the world. It's not a can't-miss guy, but there's no reason. Like, if you're going for a quarterback prospect right. in the draft, this is the guy you take. Right, he's not can't he's not can't miss because technically right. all of these guys there are about the only guy the only two guys that I rev, really truly ever were like can't miss in my book just because they were so clean in everything were Luck and Lawrence. Like now with Trevor Lawrence, I did wonder I was like is he going to be truly great? Yep. 
I don't know. But there was not a single thing that you could point to in Trevor Lawrence's game and say, if he fails, that's the reason. There was nothing. He was just that clean. And Drake May, there's a couple things where you can point to and say, if he fails, this will be the reason. For me, one of those things is also he does... And again, it's funny. Every criticism I have of Drake May has to be balanced with the fact that whatever I say is wrong about him will apply double to Jaden Daniels, who's the guy that a lot of people have over him right now. Because, like, one of my biggest concerns about Drake May is that he does scramble a little too... And and by scramble, I mean scramble just to, like, take off running, not scramble to throw. Yep. Um, He does scramble a little too often. He... uh, which is a pity. Scrambled from I, I because like I said, I he might be the second he gets into the NFL, the best in the NFL at scrambling to so, throw. He is so smooth. So he that's he's he's kind of a weird mix because like he is very good when he does scramble to throw. He he gets goes for the kill shot and he gets a lot of explosives that way. But the overall percentage. So I think, uh, and I'm going to keep referencing it a lot. There was a tweet. And I wish I had these numbers myself, but it was from uh, a PFF guy who's they they are able to track um, how often a guy attempts. Oh boy! Yeah, she wanted you to uh, to shut the hell who, up. Who let the dogs out? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, the 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 percentage of of times a guy attempted a throw after being moved off of his initial drop back spot. For Drake, that number was 48%, which was concerning because I, I believe the NFL average is like 50, 52, um, 55, something like that. So he's a little below average in terms of quarterbacks when it comes to attempting a throw once moved off of his spot. Although the good news is most guys do get a little bit better uh, at that in the NFL. Most guys scramble less in the NFL than they did in college. Um but when he did, he had very, I mean, he, he had pretty good results. Not quite as good as Caleb Williams when throwing off a spot, but he he was a pretty successful passer when he did. It was just that the overall lack of attempts there was a little concerning. Um, and like from a clean pocket, Drake scrambled 6.9% of the time. And that's pretty high. Um, it's a little below like Kyler Murray, who did that 7.1% of the time. Uh, but... The guy, the comp we keep making, Josh Allen did it 6.7% of the time in college. So it's something he needs to work on for sure. But it's the same thing Josh Allen needed to work on. And Josh Allen has worked on it successfully in the NFL. So I have every reason to believe that Drake May can work on it successfully in the NFL. And the same when it comes to scrambling under pressure. Drake scrambled about 19% of the time when he was under pressure. Um, That's... Quite a, that's the most to me. That's the single most concerning Drake May number. That is getting into problematic territory in terms of how often you're scrambling in response to pressure because you really don't find too many. And this is going to come up even more with Jaden Daniels because uh, that number for Jaden is 25 percent, which is astronomical. But you really don't find too many guys north of 19 percent who I would not not necessarily good NFL quarterbacks, but. It's more than you want. But at the same time, it's within striking distance of Lamar at 17%. Kyler was at 16%. Um, you know, you need to see Anthony it's pretty, Richardson. Pretty high to be above those guys. <laughs> it's it's a lot. Yeah, no, that's... To me, you you talk about the turnover-worthy play thing. That's that's not my concern at all. The the scramble data, and that's the number one thing that, that ultimately moved Caleb number one for me and moved Drake to, to number two for me. 
Um, Caleb is shockingly calm under pressure when it comes yeah. because we talked about how he scrambles to throw. Caleb and when and we, to be clear, when we talk about scramble percentages, is how often they literally took off running, not bought time to make a throw. Right. Caleb was the second lowest that I've of the. And now I haven't. I'm going through right now and doing this for every first and second round QB. I haven't gotten everybody in there yet. But so far, Caleb was only three percent of the time did he scramble from a clean pocket. That's behind Lawrence at two point three, and Caleb only scrambled twelve point four percent of the time under pressure. His total overall scramble rate was six point two percent. So that's very good for a guy with his athleticism to not rely on it. Drake overall scramble rate was eleven point two percent, which is bit north of Lamar at 10.5. Hmm. Um, hmm. So yeah, he's going to have to work on that. You should not be... Now granted, well, he is, is a way, he's the, a way better athlete than I think people give him credit for. He's he's I think he's going to run like a 4.5 maybe, and he is built like a brick shithouse. He's huge. Um, so he's confident in his ability to take a hit just like Josh Allen. Um, but yes, he is... From a clean pocket, the scramble rate looks just like Josh Allen. Under pressure, it's a bit higher. Josh Allen under pressure scrambled 14.3% of the time. Drake scrambled 19.7%. So um, if you every other thing about him looks like Josh Allen but better, that's the one statistic, and it's just that one where he looks like Josh Allen but a little bit worse. So he needs to get better when he flees the pocket. He needs to get better about keeping his eyes down. And he's good when he does. The results when he does keep his eye downfield and throw are great because he has that arm talent and he can absolutely run and whip it over your head 50 yards with the flick of a wrist. So he has that Josh Allen toolkit. He needs to look to use it a little bit more and to take off a little bit less for sure. That's yeah. my number one concern with Drake it is is that. And, and that's also where it reminds me a little bit of, of like a Carson Wentz. Cause I was, especially before he tore the ACL, it got even worse after that. Cause he didn't have that athleticism anymore. But Carson Wentz, I felt like when he was pressured was a little too comfortable, just tucking the ball and running early on. And that's where he got himself into sack trouble. So that's the number one thing Drake's got to work on without question. And it's a big enough concern. It's not, a, it's still, it's not a massive deal breaking red flag for me because he's still within the ballpark of guys that we've seen be successful. Um, it's not like a Jaden Daniels where we have literally never seen someone be successful with the rate that he's done it. But it's that's the biggest red flag for me for Drake. It's the biggest concern. Um, like I said, I think Josh Allen is the template there because Josh got better at those things in the NFL. Um, and so it, it can be done for a guy with this profile. But that is for sure the number one red flag. And ultimately why that... All that data there was why Caleb Williams moved solidly to number one for me and Drake moved to number two because when my quarterback, I want my quarterback to be able to break the pocket. Athleticism is is very important. When we get to Michael Penix someday, I will go into why the guys who cannot scramble at all are much worse, probably even than the guys who scramble too much. But, so you want that ability to escape the pocket and Caleb Williams has that, but once he's, out of the pocket, I want my guy constantly looking uh, to throw and running as a last resort. And that is absolutely the truth for Caleb. It is about 50-50 for Drake May. If he could get it even to like 60-40, I'd feel a lot better. Yeah, I think, um, so as far as measurables go, I think Drake May is probably going to run a slightly faster 40 than Josh Allen, like something like 4-6, 4-5 maybe. 
Um, Josh Allen was like a 4'7 guy. Um, they're both, yeah, built like absolute tanks. But as far as actual running ability, there is a wide gulf between those guys. When you watch Josh Allen find a lane and hit it, and you watch Drake May do it, Drake really does kind of scramble before he runs. Um, and he kind of hesitates. He doesn't hit the hole super hard. Uh, it, it, when he gets out there and he gets ahead of steam, it's great. Of course, he's going to take a hit, which isn't wonderful. Um, but he doesn't take hits like Jaden Daniels, uh, for instance. Uh, but he is not as polished a runner as Josh Allen. He's certainly not as polished a runner as Jaden Daniels. And he does it a lot. Like you said, he really takes off. One of the things when we talked about Anthony Richardson last year um, is I was impressed by when he chose to run. He just did it, he found the hole, and he he plowed right ahead, even though it actually wasn't as often as it seemed. He used he, he bought a lot of time to throw the ball, but once he was committed to it, he really took off, and he, he hit the hole, and he gained a lot of positive yardage. Um, a guy like Justin Fields maybe doesn't do that. Maybe he waits too long in the pocket, often last year before he used his legs, right? So there's a balance that you want there. You want a guy who is going to take off and hit a hole if it's there, but you also want a guy to wait, find something open downfield, look to throw, and get a nice pass. Um, and I that part of Drake's game is not fully developed on the running side of it. He's just not very good at finding a hole to run. He's running out of desperation, and it, it doesn't result in these you know big, explosive, fantastic plays I, usually. I'm gonna have to wholeheartedly disagree with you there. I in college, we got a hard disagreement. In college, Drake May averaged 6.2 yards per carry. Josh Allen averaged 5.4. When you go just yards per scramble, they are basically literally identical, both at 7.7 yards per scramble. And then if we look at, let's see here, breakaway run percentage, Josh broke away 19% of the time. Uh, Drake broke away 17% of the time. So not a huge difference there. Um, I refuse to let you just say some unsourced bullshit like Drake May isn't as good of a runner, a natural of a runner as Josh Allen was in college. Now, I agree NFL. Well, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not I saying agree in college, NFL, right? I'm Josh comparing Allen. him to NFL Josh Allen, right? Well, then why, why, what the fuck are we, what are we doing here? Yeah, I give Jake, give Drake May four more years to figure shit out. I guarantee you, like I said, yes, every flaw you can point to that he has basically is the same flaw that Josh Allen has. Well, but here's other the thing. Well, well, Kyle, under pressure. Why did you hate Josh Allen as a prospect when he was in college? You're hand-waving away a whole lot of things that Why you, did thought, I hate Josh you thought would put Josh Allen mis- in a coffin in Let's, college. You are misrepresenting why I hated Josh Allen in college. I am I not. Hated, <laughs> I hated Josh Allen in college because he couldn't throw the fucking ball. <laughs> I hated Josh Allen in college because his completion percentage was below 60%. That was entirely... My argument about Josh Allen, it was all about, and I've learned a lot since then. I have the spreadsheet is much more advanced than it was back then. Josh Allen completed fifty-five percent of his passes in college. That was why I hated Josh Allen. Let's not revise history. That was why. Drake May completed sixty-five percent. Ten percent difference. So, you know, 55%, that's better than half. I never said, actually, I, Josh Allen's mobility was one of the few things I did like about him. I was like, yeah, he can run, 
and he's built like a brick shit house. But you know how useful is that when you can't hit the broadside of a barn? Yeah. So I, again, let's not I, revise history to say why yeah. I didn't like. Jeff. Yeah, I can. It was all about completion percentage, baby. And I have learned a lot since then. <laughs> um, and all of the things that ultimately I think would have predicted Josh Allen's ultimate success, the big time throw rate and, and things like that. Sure. Those are things that Drake may has. So while being a more refined and yet still raw sometimes, I won't deny that Drake may sometimes has some, some misfires, some sprays. There's a lot of time. One thing that I think gets him into a lot of trouble is he drifts right a lot when he's throwing. And I think that's why, uh, he has one weakness when it comes to, if you look at like his accuracy to all the different quadrants of the field, his two weakest quadrants are intermediate and short right. Um, which to be fair, most right-handed guy, most, most quarterbacks struggle a little bit more throwing arm side. Um, just because the windows are smaller, the hash, you know, the, it, it's pretty hard if you're right-handed, um, and, you know, especially if you're, you're outside of the right hash mark, there, there's so little room to work with. And that's why guys tend to be less accurate throwing arm side, even though you would think that would actually be easier. It's not. It's the op, which is why Michael Penix is, is flipped from everybody else because he's left handed. He's much better throwing uh, right than left. M- most everybody else is better throwing left than right. But Drake May gets himself into even more trouble than most guys do arm side because he is he drifts right a lot. Now, I don't know, my thing though, and my hunch though, is that that is not just a natural flaw in his game. If you watch the UNC offensive line, the only guy worth a shit on it is their right tackle. So I think part of his inaccuracy to the right-hand side of the field and and the trouble he gets into and why he has some of those sprays and misfires is he's drifting right and then he's not getting his feet lined up to the left because he's drifting right or he's trying to whip around after drifting right and throw arm side and he doesn't have a lot of room and so the ball comes out kind of different. I think if you gave him, uh, he's going to have, I mean, the scramble rate too points to this too. Um, He, this year, ironically, he cut down on his clean pocket scramble rate but he went up a little bit on his under pressure scramble rate, which to me speaks of it. My interpretation of that is this is a guy who from a clean pocket, when he can survey the situation and the play hasn't broken down yet, he's looking to make the throw more than he did last year. Instead of just going, he's, he's staying patient. He's going through his reads, which is good. But the reason he's scrambling more under pressure than he did last year uh, is because he has far less trust in his supporting cast that he had last year. I think last year, a lot of when he, when play broke down, he would look for Josh Downs, for example, because that was a guy he trusted to run scramble drill. Um, and this year, I don't think he really had guys he trusted to run scramble drill. And so I think he sort of got into that Justin Fields meant 2022 mentality of like, look, once I flee the pocket, I might as well just go because it's not like fucking Equinemius St. Brown's going to catch the ball if I throw it to him. So I think, which is not to say that that's not a problem, um, I think he's going to be a guy who needs to be, he's going to need to trust his guys at the next level. So hopefully he's going to a team. Uh, and if he goes to Washington, I know that offensive line's not very good. Although I think Sam Howell uh, made it look worse than it was because we have preached the, the importance of the almighty pressure to sack rate. Um, but I do think Washington has some weapons there. Scary Terry's incredible. 
Um, I I think Jahan Dotson maybe shouldn't have been a first over or first round pick, but I do think he's a solid complementary weapon. I think with a quarterback like Drake, he would show more than he has so far. Um, but yeah, I I do think he needs to 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 trust what's around him a little bit more. And I think UNC gave him some reasons not to trust that this year, but it's because I mean they had a another thing that people really need to know when they're talking about Drake May and the box score stuff. They dropped almost 9% of his passes this year. USC wide receivers sucked. I won't say that they didn't, but they still only dropped like 4% of Caleb's passes. The, the UNC dropped a higher percentage of Drake's passes this year than the Chiefs, who had 55 drops this year, dropped of Patrick Mahomes. So you have to understand there's there's some reasons why Drake May didn't trust the guys that were there to make plays for him to actually do that. Yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about it much yet, but like like we said last week, USC had a horrible offensive line this year. They had major turnover. They had four seniors graduate, and rather than trust the guys behind them, they went out and grabbed a bunch of guys in the portal. UNC had a terrible offensive line this year. Like you said, they had like one right tackle that Drake was getting hit from his blind side way too much. Um, and yeah, also he had one wide receiver. You can see why there was all that drama at the beginning of the year about them getting Tez Walker into the game, um, because the NCAA wouldn't give him eligibility. It, he took until the Miami game to actually get him on the field. Um, and he was so excited. He just started throwing it only at Tez. And the reason is they just didn't have talent elsewhere. Like you said, Josh Downs went to the draft. They just lost a bunch of dudes. All they had and- left was Devon Tez Walker. Well, and to be clear, like, Devontae Walker was not that good. Like, he's he was the best they had by far, but D- Devontae Walker this year had a 68.2 grade from PFF. Yeah. Like, if you look at, hold on, if you go to... He is not, uh, and he's not a fight for the ball kind of guy, and no, he he's didn't a, get a lot of separation this year either. Yeah, he's a, he's a deep ball, like, he's a deep threat. That's He's like a Johnny Knox, like, the mm-hmm. best... It looked very much like some of those early Jay Cutler teams. The offensive line was bad, and the only wide receiver he had to throw to was was a burner who doesn't exactly have um, short hands. So, like, for instance, hold on. I'm going to look at the PFF draft board. So if you go to wide receivers on the PFF draft board, like, the number one wide receiver, obviously, it was Marvin Harrison. His grade this year was an 899 Malik Neighbors was a 92.9. Roma Dunza was an 89.8. Uh, Troy Franklin was an 84.9. Lad McConkey, 82. Adonai Mitchell, 71.9. Keon Coleman, who Travis and I have some severe disagreements about, uh, 70.3. You have to go... So they have... Let's see here. Devontae Walker is their... Oh, good Lord. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. He's their fifteenth ranked wide receiver, and he had a sixty-eight point two grade, which ranked three hundred and eightieth out of one thousand twenty-two college wide receivers this year. So he had barely a top third wide receiver, and that was his only yeah. guy. That was the dude. That, that was team. it. That was yeah, that was their number one guy. So I So I it's think... tough. I, this year, honestly, like overall, Caleb and Drake, uh 
like just the situations that they were in have muddled this process so much. Last year we were we were so fucking blessed, Kyle. There was no We had guys guys with great offensive lines and they all played the best defenses in the nation. They either every one of them either played Iowa or Georgia or both or Michigan. They they just they played great defenses. We got all this yeah. tape, we got all this information on them. This year our guys are in the goddamn Pac-12 and ACC. They have nobody around them. They're getting hit from all sides, and it, it has made it so I mean, difficult to judge. Ultimately, like for Caleb Williams, ultimately the the most I actually appreciate that the USC offensive line was so ass this year yeah. because I was like, well, I've seen this kid under a lot of goddamn pressure, yeah. and you know what? He was fine. People like to focus on what USC as a team did after that Notre Dame game, but like Caleb threw one interception after the USC the Notre Dame game, and he was running a murderer's row of D. Watch the UCLA game. Watch Latu and that U or that yeah. UCLA defensive line against USC. USC takes four L's at least up front on every snap, and Caleb still just kept them in the game over and over and over and over. Uh, and it's the same effort. for Drake May. Like I yeah, do I do I think he needs to learn to throw when he's under pressure and scrambling instead of just scrambling to run more? Yes. But I also think that there's an honest to god chance he's going to go to an NFL team and not even a very good one and yet be under pressure less often than he was at UNC this year. So we have seen these guys get tested. Um and they, I, no. I think for the most part, they responded pretty well. Uh, not, and we'll get into Jaden Daniels next week. That's a guy who was not tested a lot. Yeah. And yet his answers on every test were bad. So a lot of the, these first-round picks are insulated, and these guys were not. So that's that's good to see for me. That's a positive for me. But then people overreact to the box score stuff and the one-loss records, and it's stupid. Yeah, it was such a strange year in college football. Like, the best defense in the SEC was outside the top ten. It was Georgia. And then you got to go all the way down to, like, Alabama and Tennessee, just barely in the top 20, top 25. Uh, Just Now, this is one issue with Drake, right? We went through this last year. I'm like, I like to see him against the best defenses. Drake's worst game by a country mile was against the seventh or eighth best defense in the nation. They're pretty much top ten in everything. Um, And that's Clemson. And Clemson made him look very pedestrian. Now he didn't have he didn't have time to breathe. That's for sure. He didn't have anybody coming open. So like, how much can you really blame this guy for? Um, but you yeah, can't. I mean, you also can't deny. Uh, it so was like, a, for example, there's no saving grace there, like there was for Caleb against Notre Dame. So like, for example, well, I mean, against Clemson, so PFF gave Drake a 63.2 grade, which is nothing special and he, he still had three big time throws um and he also had a drop rate of 11 percent in that game he also had an a dot of 14.9 yards which to me that was clemson's game plan in in that game they very much uh i mean they basically they just they mugged they i mean they showed blatant they did exactly what they should have done. they showed blatant disrespect for UNC's wide receivers, they were like, "Your guys can't beat us. We are not, well, especially play compared zone. to their corners, who are very right. We good. are not going to give you easy yards in in quick game." So what they did is they forced Jay Drake into a situation where he had to take a lot of low percentage 
sideline one-on-one shots because that was all that they were giving him. And the UN, he, I mean, yeah, he didn't rise above that, but the UNC wide receivers were also just simply not capable of right. of that. So I didn't think his. I mean, so he it's had just, a higher grade. He had a it higher make it so much easier, against, man. Like if we got the Stroud versus Georgia game, right, where we're like, this what? motherfucker came in, destroyed the best defense in college football. I, he looked like God out there, right? And we don't we don't have that for either of these top two guys yeah. this year. We have guys who, we have Caleb who struggled but looked better on review against Notre Dame, and we've got Drake getting kind of pants by Clemson. But you just well, what was he supposed to do? You know, like I don't know what the hell he was supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, I think. So, and, like, one thing I keep hammering is that there is this idea that a guy's final college campaign matters more than his career. There is zero evidence to support that. In fact, almost all the research I've done indicates the exact opposite. Who a guy is for his career is far more telling than who he is in any one season. Because, again, this is a college football season. It's 11 games, 12 games. Um, and you might be talking 300, 400 dropbacks. Uh, and five plays can swing a lot of the percentages, can swing a lot of the passer rating, etc. Um, and so, you know, C.J. Stroud was a guy whose best college season was the year before his final season. Josh Allen was a guy whose best college season was the year before his final college season. Yeah. Jordan Love, you can, you can go through the list. All of the Caleb Williams is going to be one of those guys. So many guys whose best season wasn't there. So for me, like, I don't think... So Drake May, I played a very good Oregon team in the bowl game last year. Uh, had three touchdowns, no interceptions, four big time throws. Yeah, the completion percentage was only fifty one point four percent. But as always with UNC, you have to include the drops and the throwaways. His his adjusted completion percentage was almost seventy percent, which is impressive because he was his A dot was twelve point two. So I mean, he was very good in the bowl game last year against Oregon, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it's I, I don't think the fact that that game happened last year, not this year, is irrelevant in the overall evaluation. I think it's very relevant. Sure. Uh, but yes, I agree. It would be very... It, and I go back to, like, can you imagine if Drake May was on Ohio State? Like, can you imagine... Well, can you imagine if he took the money from, it sounds like, uh, Texas A&M was offering him, like, a truckload of money to go there... Sounds like maybe Georgia was also involved uh, in that. If he had gone oh, either of those places, would have yeah, been the end of the world, basically, right? We wouldn't have any issue here. We'd have all the tape we needed, you know. Yeah. But the one guy who played top defenses this year is poor J.J. McCarthy, who had to run the gauntlet of the Big Ten and then yes. had to play Alabama. Um, and we'll get to talk about him in a bit. It's but very yeah. interesting that you mentioned... I hadn't done a look into that. It's very interesting that you said that there was only one... SEC defense in the top 10 this year and it was Georgia um, that's that's good to know also for my never ending Jaden Daniels hate campaign because one the Heisman mm-hmm. in the SEC keeps coming up a lot because there's this implication you know because of the implication uh, that the SEC just always has great defense and so it's interesting to find out that actually Pac-12 defenses were better this year. Big Ten defenses were better this year. Um, it's all it's all like yards per play, yards per game. Um, yeah. Like there isn't really a great DVOA for college teams right now, which kind of sucks. But pretty much the top four are Iowa, Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan this year. 
yeah. uh, on defense, which sucks for J.J. McCarthy. Well, and usually and the, SEC, <laughs> the SEC fans would point and say, well, what about the bowl games when you would quote regular, you know, Big 12 teams right. playing each other? But, I mean, Michigan won the national title this year. Like, they, that Michigan defense stifled Washington, which is one of the best college offenses I've ever seen. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, by most by most metrics, Notre Dame and UCLA were both better defenses than any SEC defense this year, which is crazy. I mean, it's it's a weird year for the SEC for sure, yeah. uh, and some of this is skewed by the Big Ten having some well, and I mean, they just lost offenses. They just lost Nick Saban. I mean, we could see yep. some things start to shift, you know, in terms of That's that. That's true. Um, but yeah, uh, and the but yeah, I think. I mean, I think that's where I think. We're oh God! Technically, right. UCLA is a Big Ten defense now. That's true. I, <laughs> when I think so, of the great. So yeah, team. shit's getting real in the Big Ten as far as so. defense goes. But yeah, I mean, it would have been nice. It would have been nice if we had something to really compare these guys against. But you know, I hate I hate coming out of the top two prospects of the draft. We like both of these guys. We like them a lot, but. I can't, I, I can't hold them up against the standard I, I normally hold them up against, right? I feel like there's yeah. still some mystery here. I think they look good. They look good against the teams they're playing against, but we haven't seen them truly rise above like the, a really strong test either. So, yeah. So ultimately, I mean, I think that we could probably start wrapping up here. I don't think there's a lot more to say about Drake. I mean, I just, the, I want to end with like this is this is truly. A phenomenal prospect. I think yep. the only reason you're not hearing a nice thing about him right now is, like, I do think there's some gamesmanship going on. I think there is some recency bias in terms of Jaden Daniels. He wasn't a guy who was being talked out about a lot, and then he had a good run there and won the Heisman. Um, I think also it's just the draft is a major industry now. Everyone's talking about it. We get months of this kind of discussion, and so it's boring if those first two picks are locked in. Uh, there, there are some narratives being created just to have narratives here, and I think we see this every year too. There's always prospect fatigue. It happened, like I said, it literally happened last year with C.J. Stroud. Um, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud were neck and neck in everyone's eyes for two years until suddenly they weren't, and everyone hated C.J. Stroud, and no one wanted C.J. Stroud. And what about Will Levis? And you know, Hendon Hooker's looking pretty, and then. Yep. That it was all bullshit. In the end, C.J. Stroud went second overall. Well, it worked. It worked because what it did is it got to David Tepper. Yes, it got inside his head. Yeah. So, and so that it it for caused them to take Bryce Young. And then, yeah, after the draft, everybody's like, yeah, fucking C.J. Stroud was the best prospect. I mean, we spent yeah. almost a whole podcast right up until the end where I was like, right, maybe you take the whole run on Anthony Richardson being like, I don't I know why understand. people are going to draft Bryce Young. Looking- I could. I was. I looked at C.J. Stroud. Now C.J. Stroud, I didn't think had quite the upside that I'm looking at for a guy like May. But in some ways, he's even cleaner than May. And he's just C.J. Stroud was another guy that I was looking at, and from every category, and I was like, there is literally nothing, not one thing about this guy that is even kind of concerning. Yeah. Everything says this guy is good, maybe not great, but there's no reason to believe he's going to be bad. And I could make a list of 50 reasons that I thought Anthony Richardson might be bad. Not to say that he wasn't uh, yeah. the... But, I mean, that's and that's where I'm at with Drake May. Like, it could he... Are there flaws there? Yes. Are there... If he fails, do I think it's because he's going to rely a little too much on his athleticism, um, try to escape the pocket a little too much, get himself into some sack trouble? 
maybe make some bozo throws downfield. Yeah. I think the worst case scenario there, like I said, is like a Carson Wentz where you're you're like 80% of a great quarterback, but the other 20% is, is bozo, and yeah. you just can't find the balance. Um, but I think the best case there, like I said, is Josh Allen, and I see no reason to think that the Carson Wentz outcome is more likely than the Josh Allen outcome. So to me, that's a clear slam dunk number two. Um, and so, so it's not, I'm not saying that he's, he's a flawless prospect, but I mean, to me, when you're taking a quarterback, the first thing you're looking for is upside. Is this a guy whose talent is enough that I can see him winning multiple Super Bowls? I think for Caleb Williams, for Drake May, you easily answer yes to that question. Um, and then the next question you ask is, okay, what are his flaws? And is there a history of guys fixing those flaws in the NFL? Or is there a history of that flaw just staying a flaw? And if that's the case, how good are some of the guys who still have that flaw but have other strengths? And I think when you look at Drake May, he is a guy who even if he doesn't really fix his flaws the upside is still really good because the things that he does well should be enough to make up for some of the things that he doesn't do. Um, Whereas some other guys in this draft class, the things that they don't do well, I think are bad enough and historically concerning enough that they will cancel out any good they could do. And that's not the case with Drake. And that's not the case with Caleb. So yeah, I think ultimately we both did, we'll, we'll officially rank everybody when we're done going through. I think we both did eventually get to Caleb Williams at QB1, but I yep. this is, to me, one of just to put it some numbers on it, so people use different number scales when evaluating quarterbacks. I like to do basically 0 through 10, although you, rarely would you give anything below a 5, just because if a guy is below a 5, he should not even be considered. a five, Like a 4.5 is what I would give, like a Spencer Petrus. Like, you shouldn't even be signing this guy as an undrafted free agent. But I go all the way up to 10, which for me... Anything from 9 to 10 is a top 5 project, a guy that I think has top 5 QB potential. Anything from 8 to 8.9 is a guy that I think is top 10 potentially. Uh, anything between 7.5 and 7.9 is, is a guy that I think will be an average to above average starter at least. And then below that you get into mid-tier starter, low-end starter, blah, 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 blah. For me, like for all that I we have picked apart Drake May here, for me still Drake May is a 9.4. I think Caleb Williams is going to be a 9.5, maybe a 9.6. The best I've given just since, this is just since the rookie wage scale, but I gave Andrew Luck a 10 just because to this day, I still don't think there was anything that guy ever did wrong. Ryan Grigson did a lot of wrong things and should pay for it forever, but Andrew Luck was perfect. Um, Trevor Lawrence was a 9.7 for me. Um, And again, I think honestly, Caleb and Drake are guys that I think have higher upsides than I felt Trevor did. Um, sure. Trevor Trevor was just so clean. There was no scenario in which I thought he'd be a bad NFL quarterback. Caleb Williams is a 9.5. It's the same grade I gave Cam Newton. Drake is a 9.4 for me. So he's he's close. He's right there. Um, so yeah, for all that I've picked apart, we've picked apart Drake May, and I think there are a few things. This is, like, you have to understand, every one of these guys has stuff you can pick apart. I think yeah. it is insane to me that we are acting like the the flaws that Drake has are surefire red flags, guaranteed bust type stuff. When there's guys like Jaden Daniels who have the same flaws but worse and way less talent overall. It's just insane to me that we're doing this. 
So. Yeah, I mean, if you want to hear a lot more positives about Drake May, tune in next week when we talk about Jaden Daniels. Uh, I mean, the one yeah. thing I want to say specifically to these Washington, D.C. folks uh, is we talked about this last week. There was a lot of fighting and pecking through the media trying to, to suss out what the Bears would be willing to like give up uh, to move down to number two with Washington, right? And then suddenly, poof! All of that went away, as if Washington called Ryan Poles and said, hey, what's it going to take for us to move up one spot to get Caleb Williams? And Ryan Poles told him, do you remember Herschel Walker? And they said, uh, and hung up the phone. And then suddenly the very next day, the story was off the Bears, and it was on to Washington might be interested in Jaden Daniels. This is a smoke machine. They are smoking you out like they did last year. Uh, like, this is, this is the way it is. This is how the NFL media works. This is how they, they trade stories with NFL GMs. I will believe that anybody wants Jaden Daniels over Drake May when it happens. And if it does, like it actually happened with Zach Wilson, I will lose my goddamn mind. So get excited for next week. Uh, because, Kyle, I think you and I are both pretty pumped up to go in on Jaden Daniels. Yeah, I, I, I can't believe we're even here with Jaden Daniels. So, yeah, we'll get into that next week and keep teasing it just like i think at this point i've teased the Jaden daniels stuff almost as much as i teased the caleb williams stuff because i just keep and it's not out of an agenda just to destroy the kid it's really not it's because i said i don't see it with Jaden daniels i don't understand what we're talking about and so people would give me this list of reasons why they thought they saw it and i'm like okay and so what i do then is i take everything you tell me and i look up and i'm like well okay this is what they say he does well does he do it that well how well does he do it? Who does he compare to? What is the history of guys? And every single thing I have found makes me only less impressed with him. So we'll get into that. That one should be fun. But yeah, I mean, Drake May, this guy's QB2 for sure. It would be QB1 in most drafts. I, I, If I'm the Washington Commanders, I would urge them to strongly not overthink this. Yeah, absolutely. Like, hopefully they're not actually considering Jaden Daniels at two. I think, again, like I said last week, I think the first two picks in this draft have been set in stone since the season ended. The Bears are going to take Caleb Williams. Washington's going to take Drake May. And we are going to really get going at number three. But, I mean, something stupid could happen. We'll talk about something stupid next week. Now you know I'm leaving here.